values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Just want to hear the song. Hear what else I have to say. I just want to hear the song. Just the beginning. That brings back a lot of memories. Thanks for being here, by the way. Merry Christmas from the Mike Broomhead Show. Happy Hanukkah. Um, as we roll toward the holidays, um, we have got a lot to talk about. Yesterday was a hearing. There was a hearing about elections here in Arizona. And um, I, I get a lot of uh, grief from people. Um I'm not an election denier, so I get a lot of grief from the people that believe that the 2020 election and now 2022 were stolen from some candidates. I'm not someone that believes that. So I get a lot of heat from people on my side of the aisle that believe that, which I think that's a shrinking number of people. Um, and I also get heat because I also don't hate anyone. I don't dis, I don't dislike them. I don't disregard all of the good things about them or the good things that they could do if they were elected to an office because I don't agree with them on that issue. We all have an issue that is an, a deal breaker for us. This is not not a deal breaker for me. Um, I think that uh, you put your heart and soul into an election. You lose that election by a small amount comparatively in in uh, comparison to the number of votes that were cast. You have every right to try every legal way to see if you won. Um, I, I don't agree with um, this being malicious or being intentional. Uh, I don't know the answer to that, though. Um, you've got people that are saying just in Maricopa County and what's happening, what happened on Election Day was there was a printer malfunction at multiple places. And there are some that are saying, well, those printers cannot malfunction the way they did malfunction. They can't malfunction like that unless someone does something intentional to the printers. And we're going to find that out. I think that the county owes that. I think the county board of supervisors owes that to the voters in Maricopa County to explain if it was done that way, how people had access to that. And if you can find out who had access to those machines, they should be exposed if that was the case. We should get answers. As far as a stolen election goes, that's where the problem lies for me. So I have no issue with candidates going to court and and looking for legal remedies. I also think for everyone out there that just wants to get a final answer, you and I would say conjecture. All of us have have, uh, opinions on what happened or what didn't happen. And right now they're just opinions. But when you lay out all the evidence – and that's what the the lawsuits are going to have to do. The what evidence do you have? Not what do you believe? Not what do you think? I sound like Judge Judy now. I don't care what you feel. Um, it's you have to come to me with evidence. What evidence do you have of wrongdoing? And if someone says, well, it doesn't make sense, you're right, it doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense to me in 2020 that Joe Biden in Arizona couldn't get 20 people to show up at a car rally, but Donald Trump had these Trump trains going all over Arizona every weekend with thousands of people on the freeways. It looked as if there was an overwhelming amount of support for Donald Trump in Arizona. That doesn't mean the election was stolen, but it does make people say, man, I can't believe that happened. Well, I got to tell you, Hillary Clinton says that 2016 – was uh was stolen and she still does she says 2024 is they're attempting to steal 2024 but to the naked eye hard to believe that a guy for the first time he ever ran for public office and it was the highest office in the land beat what everybody believed was the heir apparent to the presidency in hillary clinton so that was hard to believe as well but here in arizona what's happening inside and i'm just giving you some insight into my political party uh, because i'm a republican voter is there is a division within the party right now 
And it's been growing and growing and growing for years. There is a disconnect with party leadership and some party voters. There are a lot of people that are disenfranchised. There are people that are upset. And I think that there has to be some strong personalities that stand up and say there has to be a way we can put a period and move on. When this is over, when this challenge is over, one way or the other, we have got to be able to work together. And I, th- But I think that attitude also has to speak to everybody in Arizona. If you are so emotionally worked up over the issue that you can't hear another side without being angry, then you're too close to the issue. But candidates deserve their day in court. I don't agree that there was anything stolen. I will be surprised if there is actual evidence out there that is put forward that the election was stolen. That doesn't change their belief that it was, but I don't know that they can change the minds of a court, and I don't know that they can change the minds of a lot of citizens. But I think this is what we all need to see for ourselves. Instead of the old telephone game where we're hearing from someone else who heard from someone else who heard from somebody else what happened and forming an opinion based on that, let's look at the evidence as it's laid out. I have my opinion of the people involved. I mean, I know some people at the county board of supervisors. I know them to be good people. I would be shocked if they were a part of ever, a part of anything nefarious, never mind a stolen election. So this is an issue that, you know, I get kind of close to because I know some of the players that are involved. You know, again, I, I've been very clear. I have uh, I've been friends with Carrie Lake for a long time. We know each other fairly well, and uh, and and I'm not changing that feeling. Um, and if if uh, and I haven't had a conversation with with uh, Carrie Lake since the election was over, and I wish her the best. I really do. I just don't agree that the election was stolen. And unless there's evidence presented to me, and I'm open minded enough, if they present evidence that shows that the election was stolen, that somebody intentionally handed this election to Katie Hobbs, or in the case of Mark Fencham to Adrian Fontes or Abe Hamaday to. Mays, I'll look at it, but I'm also looking at a bigger picture. I'm looking at the big picture of the number one vote getter in the state of Arizona was Kimberly Yee. I'm also looking at the fact that in David Schweikert winning re-election in his district, he performed better than Carrie Lake did in that district. That there's the suburbs did not vote very well that way. So if if they did something nefarious, that's where they did it. And you're going to have to present evidence on how they had did. The conjecture and all this other stuff, you know, it's it's like, you know, when when someone commits a serious crime or a serious crime is committed against you, if if it's a violent crime or otherwise, and you say, I know who did it, this person did it, you have to have evidence that they did it. You may be convinced in your heart, but you have to convince a court. That's the way our system works. We have been arguing about 2020 for two years, two years. And at some point, you have to put it to rest and you've got to look forward and you've got to do your best to make sure it doesn't happen again. And I don't know if or when that's going to happen. But what's happening right now is there was a preliminary hearing yesterday that was interrupted for a long time with all these people overwhelming the court system, teams meeting so people could watch it. And it was leaked. And it's always some kind of a of a firestorm. You know, it's always some kind of a of a mess that's going on. And um, so that happened and they delayed the hearing. And uh, the, the late campaign wants her to be declared the winner or at the very least she wants a recount of the votes in Maricopa County, and the defendants in this case are asking for a dismissal, but if it's not dismissed on the 21st, evidence is going to begin is going to begin to be presented, and that needs to happen pretty quickly. We need to get moving on this. 
So that's where we stand. Uh, what we're going to do in a moment is we're going to talk about the economy. The consumer price index uh, is increased, but it is slowing in the increase. People believe that inflation is slowing down if it hasn't stopped completely, which is starting to be good news. And what is the Fed going to do? All that's coming up here in just a couple of moments. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with the show. I talked quite a bit um, earlier about the economy and where we are in Arizona. An interesting conversation with Governor Ducey today, and you're gonna we're gonna reset that in a little while as we talked about what's happened in Arizona um, and the legacy of leadership and what what's happening. I think Arizona's moved in the right direction, and I've given the governor a lot of credit for a lot of the vision of what's happened in Arizona. But you're working with a lot of people. You got to work together with the legislature to buy in. Um, you don't choose the legislature; they are chosen by the people, and then you have to work with who's in the legislature to. Implement your vision as much as you can, and it seems to have worked, which is the thing about our economy more than anything else. I think we should be focused on what works and what doesn't. The class warfare argument, in my opinion, is old and tired. And I know that people – what I love about this business is it's such a snapshot for people. You spend a few minutes in your car every day. You jump around, and you have a lot of options out there what to listen to. I always appreciate when you listen to this show – but the, it's it's interesting to meet people over the years I've done this, and they have an idea in their mind sometimes where you've come from or where you are based on your opinions in the moments that they hear you in their car every day. Um, I came from very meager beginnings. What's interesting is I had a middle-class childhood when I was a little kid. My, my dad had a good job. My mom was a housewife. Um, that changed when my parents got divorced, and I was a very young teenager when that happened, and we had nothing. I mean, we had very, very, very little. It was a great life. I will tell you I loved my life. It's one of the things that made my family so tight and strong and, and together, and, and, and it's how much we love each other still was it was us against the world, but it was tough, and the older I got, the more self-sufficient I became, the more I realized how difficult it was for my mom, but for anybody out there that thinks that I'm coming from a silver spoon uh, point of view, when I talk about these things, I can promise you that I did not. I took the hard road, man. I didn't go to college. I went straight to work. I had my first job at 12. I was working almost full-time at 15. Um Those were some bad choices by me, but that's what happened. So I've come from that background of poverty, but I've worked for rich people my whole life. And any and I worked uh, in, in what's become unfortunately infamous Sanibel Island in Florida, Sanibel and Captiva Islands that were were completely devastated by Hurricane Ian. Fort Myers Beach, that's where I grew up. I worked on Sanibel Island for years and worked almost exclusively for wealthy people, second homes, vacation homes, and you know their properties and restaurants and things on the island. And what uh, what is interesting about all of that? is that um, they never made me feel like I was less than. As a matter of fact, they always were encouraging and kind of gave you the idea that if I can do it, you can do it. So uh, the reason why I'm saying all of this is when we're looking at an economy, the idea of punishing wealth. Now, I understand you're going to pay more. If you make more, you should pay more, just like if you're going to go out and buy a vehicle. That's why I've always been in favor of a flat tax and simplifying our our tax code. You want to know for all of those companies out there, all of the major corporations, to get their net tax down to zero or close to zero in the minds of some, and that's always a headline somewhere. Well, you know, they don't do it illegally. 
whatever they're doing, it's legal. And the tax code is that way. If we had a simplified system, you know, when you go, you go buy a big ticket item, go buy a car. If you and I go to a car dealership and I buy a brand new car for $50,000 and you buy a used car for $5,000, I'm going to pay 10 times the tax you do because I bought a more expensive car. Now, what happens if I don't know what the sales tax rate is anywhere for for vehicles? I don't know, but let's throw a number out there. Let's say they say on used cars valued at under $6,000, you're going to pay 7% in sales taxes. But when you get over $25,000, $30,000, pick a number. When you get a new car over and above this amount, you're going to pay 12% in taxes. That's what the tax code is like. You're not only paying more because you're spending more, you're paying more in percentage as well because you have more to spend. That doesn't, that sounds ridiculous. And yet that's what we do with our tax code. We punish the rich, we punish the job creators. And when you look at the economy of Arizona, you look at what happened when they lowered taxes. Everybody got a tax break. What's funny is you always see in the headline that, you know, the tax breaks are here that give a lot more money back to the wealthy. What's because they've been paying more, but it's helping everyone. It is benefiting the working class. The working class is making more money, and and they continue to make more money. And they're, uh, the benefits that are giving to the working class, the benefits to have you hired. If you're a hard worker, you are in high demand. You can write your own ticket. Benefit packages, vacation pay, sick time, all of these things are included to keep good employees like you. And that's only improving because the economy is remaining strong. And we've, I think if we looked at it that way, we'd have a different attitude about how things are. What we're going to do in a moment uh, is talk about the border. The governor-elect says she may stop uh, the border, the construction of the of the shipping container border wall. We're going to talk about specifically some things in the uh, on the border, what's happening and what needs to happen because Title 42 is about to expire. And one governor, you'll be surprised to hear, is also complaining now. We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, appreciate you spending some time on the show. Let's shift down to the border as we may see some changes in policy. The governor-elect saying that she may stop the construction of the border wall. I have one story in front of me said that she said she would stop construction of the um, shipping container border wall in the southern part of Arizona, saying that it's not um, our land, it's federal land. I, again, I have no issue with what the governor is doing at the border. I just want some attention paid to the border. I am someone who does agree it's a federal issue, and hopefully we're seeing some changes in policy at the federal level as things continue to get worse. The, ex- the, the expiration of Title 42. Here's a headline. Here's a headline we thought we would never see. How about this? Newsom, that's the governor of California. Newsom says California about to break amid flood of illegal immigrants, migrants, when Title 42 expires. Um, the Democratic governor, Ga- Gavin Newsom, said that the um, the President Biden's plan to reverse former President Trump's border policy could break his state. Um, 
there is an issue, and this is where my uh, I talk so much about policy, and I talk about what I say what works, what's working, and what's not working. And uh, we understand that what's happening at the border now is worse than it's ever been. I have a comprehensive view of the border. I've been down there many times here in Arizona. I've been to Southern Texas. I've seen what's happening there, um, and. I just want a system we can be proud of. I want people to come here. I'm also connected so much with immigrants that have come here. The idea that we aren't giving asylum to Cubans. So there's a lot to be fixed. Um, I remember the days when there was the wet foot, dry foot rule with Cubans because of the oppressive government that they had. The reversal of that I thought was shameful. There are countries that are uh, abusive to their citizens. They lack the ability to speak freely. They lack the ability to control their destiny. They lack it all in the name of fairness. And that's – I guess we're talking about the border, so I shouldn't go too far down this road. Do your homework on how socialism and communism is sold to people. It's not – It's not taken by force usually. What usually happens if there's a revolution, the people back a revolution, what I'm saying is that the idea of socialism here in this country, the idea of socialism, they call it democratic socialism as if they are going to get it right this time. But you can't take people's speech away and improve society. You can't tell people you're not allowed to say that and improve society. It's never worked anywhere. We keep hearing all this stuff about hate speech. We're going to get more into that specifically. But when you talk about our border, a lot of times the people that we as a nation understand and give asylum to nations because they come from abusive countries. There was just the protests in Iran. Look at what happened there. Recently, one of their protesters was hung in public from a crane, sending a message to people about protests. The people of that nation deserve to have their voices heard like Americans do. I'm not saying I'm not advocating a war in Iran. I'm saying that when you hear people clamoring to be free. When you hear hear of people that just want a more Western society, when we look at the issues that this nation has, and we have plenty of them, racial issues, gender issues, identity issues, all of those things are true that we argue about. But in Iran, women are treated like property. Women there are, are – one woman recently was put to death because she violated a rule on dress. It is shameful. What's happened in other parts of the world, and we are a nation that says if you can get to our doorstep, we're going to give you a place to stay. War-torn countries, and we see after what happened when we left as a nation, when we left Afghanistan, the number of Afghan refugees in this country, we should always be proud of those things. To me, that's a source of pride for us. When we talk about the people from communist China, when you talk about the Vietnamese community here in Arizona, when you talk about Afghan refugees or any of the these other groups that come here and they get asylum in this nation because of where they're coming from. But we have rules in place and there are people that are abusing those rules. They are overrunning our border. They are overrunning the border and there's not nearly enough attention being paid to it. I keep saying I don't have anything personal against Joe Biden and I don't. This isn't about personality and I think that's what makes you when you when you're able 
to be dispassionate in, in your criticism and your complimenting of someone. There are times when people that I don't agree with normally, especially when it comes to politics, you're supposed to pick sides and everything they do is bad. Nothing they do is good. When credit needs to be given, credit needs to be given. But when criticism needs to be given, people on that side of the aisle need to take the criticism. The Biden administration has failed miserably at the border. The vice president of the United States has been completely absent to this problem. She has done nothing, and she was charged with fixing the border issue. Why is it? That people on my side of the aisle, we complain about it. We've got a legitimate complaint. This is a legitimate complaint that all Americans should be talking about. And there are diehard supporters of the president that point at my political leanings and say, listen, you're saying that. But there's no issue. There is an issue. There is a major issue at our southern border. And there needs to be something done on immigration. If nothing else, I'm hoping that what's happening at the border right now, as bad as it is, will be the turning point where people look and say, you're right, something needs to be done. They start, and when you have Gavin Newsom, the very liberal governor of California, saying that his state may break when Title 42 ends. The Biden administration has to come up with something. They have got to do something to solve this problem, and they just haven't been. They just haven't. Had an interesting conversation with Governor Ducey this morning, and part of it was about the expansion of school choice and about the possibility of a special session on school spending. We're going to talk about that. Just how bad would it be for Arizona school districts if the legislature does not resolve this issue? We're going to talk about that coming up here in just a couple of moments. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Bloomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. If you haven't subscribed to the Mike Bloomhead Show podcast, do it. It's very simple to do on any device that you have. You'll never miss a minute of the show and listen at your convenience. The Mike Bloomhead Show podcast brought to you this week by my good friend Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley. You can get a higher price selling your home and guaranteed offers by going to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Little background on education in Arizona and spending. There was a, a piece of legislation that was passed by voter proposition, and it may have been put on the ballot by the legislature, but the voters voted for it, that uh, limits the amount of money and percentages that can be spent on education in Arizona. And um, we have exceeded that with the amount of money that is now spent on education. It happened last year. The legislature in the last week of the session got together and finally got the two-thirds majority both in the House and the Senate to override this proposition. They did it temporarily. They didn't do it permanently. They did it temporarily just for that year, which means it comes up again this year where about two billion dollars overall won't be spent unless two-thirds of the Arizona legislature, House and Senate, can, can agree on an override, whether it's permanent or once again just temporary, in order to get the money that's already allocated and set aside for education. Unless they can come to an agreement, that money can't be spent. And what that looks like in real dollars in the Gilbert Unified School District, um, they would lose $110 million. In Mesa, public schools would lose $88 million in funding. So these are real problems for people. There has been a, a wave in education that the overwhelming number of voters have shifted their their attention to education. They see it differently. They look at it differently. They want things to be done differently. I think that having school choice the way we have it now is going to be a big help. 
But I don't think that there's a lot of people out there that believe we spend too much money on education. And so hammering the schools in this way is going to be a big issue. There's a lot about schools I would change um, in, in how they spend money. If I had if I had the way to wave a, a magic wand and do it, I think there needs to be um, oversight in a different way. The autonomy of the school districts, we, we've entrusted them to, to not only educate our kids but to spend our tax dollars. Are they doing it as wisely as they should? I think that's the first question parents should start asking is about prioritization of spending. There are many people out there that have gone year after year, election cycle after election cycle. And talking about how we get more dollars into the classroom. And that's a great question. What are the school boards spending money on when it comes to um, school districts? What are they spending money on when it comes to education and curriculum? That's a big question as well. But what isn't at question? is in Arizona, we are not giving our kids the education that they deserve, that we have seen improvements. We are seeing improvements in some places, but it is not nearly what it needs to be. Um, I think that everyone, there are a few things in this world that all of us collectively should be very concerned about. And I would say, as an older adult now, not realizing it as a young person, as an older adult now, having a basic education, I'm someone that succeeded. Uh, How I succeeded, I'm not sure. But I succeeded in two industries as an adult, barely with a high school diploma. But I can read. And I can read very well. Um, I am able to do math, simple math problems. You know, I'm not, I, I will tell you this, trigonometry, not my thing. But algebra, was good at algebra, was good at geometry, good at basic math. And the ability to get through life and then get to another level in life when it's time to be educated because you have to learn. Your learning doesn't end when you leave school. I think we all realize that as we get older. You don't close a chapter on learning when you get a high school diploma or a college degree or a master's degree or a PhD. Life is about learning over and over again. And the more we do that, we lean on things. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but I think about it all the time. If I didn't have those teachers in elementary school that were focused on the basics, the very basics that taught me to read and read well, and they, they tested my comprehension. I was hooked on phonics. For those that remember phonics, we did we took phonics. All of those very, very simple things that were done to give you a solid foundation. The walls can crumble, but you can always rebuild on a solid foundation, and they gave me that. And we should be making that available to every child in Arizona, a basic education where we give the teachers in the classroom the tools they need to teach the basics, that we should remove the politics. There's a story in front of me that said that last year public schools paid more money to teachers than private schools. But why do private schools flourish? They flourish in my mind, and I think a lot of teachers will take less money to private school because they don't have to deal with the politics of public education. That they don't have to teach anything outside of what their directive is. That they can watch kids get results. We all want results. We talk about the border issue and the higher rate of suicide by border agents because they don't feel like they're having an effect. Police officers getting discouraged because they don't feel like they're having an effect. They don't feel like they're able to do their jobs the way they did before. They're not seeing results. We all want to do a job. There are people out there that collect a paycheck. But for the most part, whatever you do for a living, you want to see results success. Well, when teachers aren't able to see that, 
But look at the positive side of that. What about the teachers that do? What about a teacher that walks away or has a, someone go back to them? And I've gone back to some of my teachers and said to them, you have no idea what an influence you've been on me. I've been on the receiving end of that when it comes to being a football coach. When I was coaching Pop Warner in high school football, I still have grown men now who have kids that are you know grown that are call, still call me coach and talk about the influence I had on them. What, what can replace that? Name one thing that in life that's better than that. And there's very few things. And that kind of impact being made by teachers. So teachers don't do it for the money, although I think they're underpaid. We should be paying them more. But we have to refocus. Teachers have to be able to teach the courses that give kids the basics. They'll figure out the social issues in their life as life goes on. They don't need to read it in a book. They certainly don't need to hear the political opinions of a teacher. They should learn to read and write and comprehend what they're reading so that they can figure out life's problems for themselves. Create critical thinkers. And we've moved away from that. And until Arizona gets back to that, we're going to continue to struggle. But we got to get past this spending issue. We have to. We have to get past it. Coming up in just a moment, um, we are going to talk about uh, what the the lawsuits mean, the lawsuits in uh, in for the elections. That's coming up here in just a couple of moments. Stick around.